0: Welcome to South Sudan in focus on the voice of America. I'm John Tanza in Washington. Here are some of the top stories making news across South Sudan. This Thursday, October 13, 2022, a Sudanese rebel group hands captured Sudan government soldiers to authorities in South Sudan.
1: There are people's defense forces. We have the ID cards. From carrying all sorts of guns, including um, artillery, heavy weapons, but so we captured them after a heavy battle.
0: And the chairperson of the information committee at the National Legislative Assembly says the government should pay civil servants on time.
2: We are no going to accept the delay man more than one month. No, we are not going to accept that. Get it from me and say it, let everybody hear it in South Sudan. We are going to commit ourselves
0: in every 26 days of a month. We'll have these stories and more coming up on South Sudan in Focus. A faction of the rebel Sudan People's Liberation Movement North, led by Abdelaziz al hilu handed nine Sudanese soldiers captured during fighting to South Sudan's chief mediator Keo Galwak, who is also President Kiir's security advisor. The South Sudan government handed the soldiers to the Sudanese ambassador to South Sudan. For VOA News, Wake Simon Wudu reports from Juba.
3: The handover comes at a time when the SPLM North and the Sudanese government have been observing a cessation of hostilities agreement signed in 2020. The nine members of the Sudanese army were captured a month ago in an area controlled by the SPLM North. Speaking at a news conference in Juba today, Amar Amon, secretary-general of the SPLM North, Al-Hilu faction, told the reporters the men were captured in southern Kordofan.
1: They are people's defense forces. We have the ID cards. They were wearing a uniform and carrying all sorts of guns, including um, artillery, heavy weapons. So we captured them after a heavy battle, so we just kept them. And um, eventually,
3: we had an intention of releasing them. The prisoners were handed over to South Sudan Presidential Advisor on Security Affairs, Tutu Galuag, who mediates peace talks between the Sudanese government and the empty groups. Galuag, in turn handed over the men to the Sudanese ambassador to South Sudan, Jamal Malik. Amon says the soldiers' release is a goodwill gesture meant to show that the group has no problem with the individuals, just the Sudanese government. Just to join
1: to join the families? And to know that we as individuals we don't have problems with them, but we have problems with the government. And also to show the good intention and good heart of Esperem North, that yes, it is true we are non-state actor, but we and, and we are not bound by this international, uh, you know, the Geneva Protocol of Prisons of War. But we still release.
3: Soldiers we captured. War broke out between the Sudanese government and the SPLM North in 2011 after former longtime Sudanese president Omar al-Bashir tried to forcefully disarm rebel forces following the secession of South Sudan. Several rounds of peace talks have yet to end the conflict between Sudan and the SPLM North faction led by General Abdelaziz al-Hilu. The Al-Hilu faction operates mainly in southern Kordofan. The rebel group claims it controls 80% of the region and a considerable portion of the Blue Nile region, an area bigger than Rwanda and Burundi put together. Sudanese Ambassador Malik welcomed the handover and praised South Sudan for its role in trying to stabilize Sudan. In fact, this is a very big step, a significant step that emphasizes the leadership of the government of South Sudan because it is in the interest of the two countries and I can confirm the commitment and leadership of South Sudan to establish security and stability in the region. Gadluak says today's action signals what he calls the good intentions from the rebels to continue to engage in talks with the Sudanese government. We have received the captives and after that we shall finalize their return to Sudan and we will tell their families and the people of Sudan that the people who captured them have responsibly handed them to the government of South Sudan. We have received the captives and we want to thank the SPLM North. Peace talks between SPLM North and the Sudanese government began in 2019 and are being mediated by South Sudan. The talks became deadlocked in late 2020 after the two sides could not reach agreement on whether or not Sudan should be a secular state. The rebel group wants Sudan to be a secular state for I'm Zamwake Simon Wudu in Juba.
0: Authorities in Upper Nile State say armed young men suspected of coming from neighboring Jonglei State's Fanga County Invaded some villages in Upper Nile on Wednesday. The acting information minister in Upper Nile state says a group of heavily armed young men suspected of coming from Jonglei state allegedly attacked civilians. Jungle state information minister denies young men from his state attacked villages in Upper Nile state for VOA News Dengai Deng reports from Juba.
4: Simon Toot, the Upper Nile State Minister for Peace, who is also the state's acting information minister, says a group of heavily armed young men who call themselves the White Army are suspected of crossing the Nile from neighboring Jonglei states, Funga County, to enter Upper Nile State, where they attacked civilians yesterday. A group of armed came from, uh, uh
5: came from Kodok. Uh, they attacked the group who uh, Who take the cows and goats uh, from, uh, area of, uh, from area of from area uh, of Bulk and Konyangara, and plant and they uh, attack them on this morning on the area of Bogot in Makal County. Uh, but uh, now uh, we don't have any information about casualties. But what happened? Uh, the civilians, they are connected to, to the POC in Malakal.
4: Tooth says a large number of civilians, mostly women, children, and the elderly, are displaced and seeking shelter at the Upper Nile University's campus because the Malakal Protection of Civilians or POC site is full is calling on the South Sudan Defense Force to intervene, saying the armed groups are terrorizing communities in the area.
5: The government is a uh, mandate. Is, uh, is, uh, you know uh, what is the mandate of government? And we are part, uh, we are protecting civilians. civilian when uh, attack come uh, near to to a civilian and we have been the presence of our army. Uh, there is no intervention uh, from the PDF uh, and our government nice jong
4: Jonglei State Information Minister John Samuel Manuon says he does not know of any armed youth from Jonglei being involved in violence in Upper Nile. He says the latest fighting is among haul-out rebel groups.
5: We don't have any report as no. organization. You know we were in the field recently. We just came back yesterday
4: for a peace
5: mission uh, in the areas of Ayo, Nirul and Uror. Uh, the areas we didn't reach the uh, area of Pankak. So there's no any mobilisation or whatever report uh, we receive from the county as such. What we know is that uh, the armed confrontation ongoing on that side of Upper Nile, Northern Jungle process of the uh, uh, kidguang, so our youth are not involved and they're not in that
2: area.
4: South Sudan Army spokesperson Major General Lul Rui Kong confirms he is aware of fighting in Upper Nile, but says the National Army has no order to intervene because the fighting is between armed opposition factions of the SPLAIO, who mobilised civilians to fight for them.
5: We couldn't intervene because the fighting is between. Um, uh, rival factions of SPLIO, the one led by Gerald Johnson Ulun and the other one led by uh, Gerald Simon Gadwidual, and they have mobilized armed civilians fighting alongside the irregular fighters. And the fighting is taking place in areas under the control of those rival factions on the western bank of River Nile. Yes, but we have a limitation on that, uh, on that mandate. We could only protect civilians in areas under our control.
4: Our hands are tight, added Gerald Kong. The commissioner of Fashoda County in Nile State, Joseph Aban, told South Sudan in focus yesterday that fighting between armed militias which began in his area on Saturday and continued through Monday in the villages of both Nigir, Pabor, Patho and Padit left an unknown number of people killed and thousands displaced from their homes. Speaking to VOA on Tuesday, Brigadier General Chol Denton, the spokesperson of the Kidguang faction, allied to General Simon Garwich, which is accused of carrying out the attack, denied his group's force were involved in the fighting in Fashoda County. Thorn insisted the recent fighting in Upper Nile occurred between civilians.
5: Those people
4: are not our people.
5: The fighting was between the civilians themselves. According to the information we have, the fighting was between the Shiluk and the people of Fangak County of jungle estate. We are not part of that fighting.
4: Speaking by phone from an undisclosed location, Wednesday, General Johnson Ollonj, the commander of the Agwilek faction of the SPLAIO, also denied his forces attacked civilians in Apennali state. General Ollonj said the Agwilek forces only intervene at times to protect civilians against the aggression from the forces allied to General Simon Godwich.
5: Like you have heard, there is fighting in the Upper Nile State. The civilians were in their places, and these people came and attacked Wangitia. They attacked Wau Shiluk and then continued to other areas. They attacked and killed civilians, those who don't have guns. They killed elderly people, women, and they looted civilians' property. They took cattle. So that is the fact now on the ground in Upper Nile. And there is fighting even this morning. There is fighting. They are the people of Gatwetch. Our forces are there. They only defend civilians.
4: UN mission in South Sudan said yesterday in a statement, it is deeply concerned about fighting among armed groups in Upper Nile State, and that the clashes are believed to have resulted in what it called the loss of significant number of lives, women being abducted, and more than 8,000 people being displaced from the Kodok town and nearby locations. Nicholas Aisham, Special Representative of the UN Secretary General and Head of UNMIS, called for an immediate cessation of violence. For VOA News, I am
0: Dan Guiding in Bor. Four teachers in Rumbek Central County of Lake State say. They will sue the state's education officials for dismissing them unlawfully. Lake State Education Minister issued an order on Monday dismissing four teachers and banning them from teaching in any school in Lake State. The four were among 30 teachers who protested in June against the state government's delays in paying their salary arrears. For VOA News, William Sunday Mabor reports from Gombeck. The teachers threat to sue
6: the state stems from action first taken on june twentieth when Lake State Education Minister Nelson McCoy Makur ordered thirty teachers be arrested who went on strike to demand they be paid in full according to the updated salary structure issued by the National Ministry of General Education. All but six teachers were later released. The remaining detained teachers were were transferred from the Panda military barracks to Rumbaik Central Prison after several calls made by civil society activists and the teachers' family members urging state officials to free these teachers or charge them with an offense. The teachers were arranged in court on August 10th. Education officials accused the teachers of inciting teachers to reject their existing salary payments Two of the six were later freed after spending two months in prison. A court found the remaining four teachers not guilty on August 23rd, dismissed all charges against them, and the teachers were freed. But during an event at Abuloi Secondary School on Wednesday, Education Minister Nelson McCoy defended his decision to fire the teachers, saying it was a part of a government plan. To screen the teachers' payroll and to get rid of unqualified teachers. The teachers
2: you had yesterday dismissed were not delivering their mandate. And it is the exercise cleaning up the payroll, screen the teachers and remain with the qualified teachers, committed teachers, respectful teachers, valuable teachers, not just teachers who are roaming town. If we talk about quality education, then we must ensure that there
6: will be nobody in the government phase who is not delivering education services. McCoy insists he will continue to screen teachers and dismiss unqualified teachers or let go of those who do not deliver services as suspected. VOA viewed a copy of the letter dismissing the teachers which was signed by both James Marer-Anuel, Director General in the Lagos State Ministry of Education and the Minister of Education, Nelson McCoy. Education officials stated the four teachers were dismissed in accordance with Chapter 3, Subsection 2G of the General Education Act 2012, giving the Education Ministry powers to promote, demote, and dismiss teachers in accordance with the Public Service Regulation J, which enforces the National Code of Conduct for teachers and support staff in schools. Emmanuel Mapor, a representative of the four teachers, tells that in Focus his colleagues do not agree with the decision to terminate their services. Mapor is calling on Governor Rinping Mabor to intervene. This decision is teachers not to claim the right we cannot accept because uh, we have the rule of law in the country. The rule of law cannot allow all these things. And what we need now to do is to call uh, the state governor for a quick intervention to the case. Malid the teacher's defense lawyer, says the teachers are waiting to see if the governor takes action before filing a lawsuit.
5: The decision of the minister is illegal. It is unlawful. It is not backed by any law. For that matter, we have two options. The first option is we are calling on the governor, our uh, good governor, General Rin Twain, to intervene on the matter. That's one. Number two, should the governor
6: fail to intervene up to Monday, we will seek legal redress through the high court. Daniel Ladcon, the legacy state coordinator for NGO Community Empowerment for Progress organisation, condemns the teacher's termination. Con says the state education minister has no right to terminate the services of the teachers.
3: It is unfortunate that we have learned about four teachers were dismissed through the recommendation from the director general, and uh, the dismissal was confirmed uh, by the minister of general education in legacy state. I say for we condemn this in the strongest term possible. This move is abuse of power. You can. And not dismiss someone who is claiming his or her own right.
6: Kun is urging the National Education Ministry as well as the governor to intervene and reinstate the dismissed teachers. The termination letters seen by South Sudan in focus accused the teachers of violating South Sudan teachers' code of conduct. For VOA News, I am William Sandemabur in Rumbek, Lake State. <laughs>
0: Listening to South Sudan in focus on the voice of America. Coming up, South Sudanese lawmakers who were paid 15,000 U.S. dollars each last week are asking the government to pay civil servants on time. Find out why after the break.
7: What do you think? People speak out
2: on important questions.
0: Today, what is your definition of a life well lived? When you accomplish your set goals, like for example, when you say, I must finish university, even if you don't
4: work, as long as you're finished, there is no problem. Even if I die today, after finish. When someone is living a godly way, uh, focused on achieving his or her own goals and uh, trying to be morally upright so it's not everybody that actually have a dream but
2: there are some this set of people that have a dream and they're working towards to achieve that dream
5: a life well lived is one where one is able to fulfill his dreams his aspirations his goals all that he wants before he dies
2: what do you think a daily discussion of important questions from VOA
0: You are listening to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. The Transitional National Legislative Assembly is calling on the South Sudan government to pay salaries of civil servants on time. The chairperson for the Information Committee at the Parliament says lawmakers will not accept delays in the payment of their salaries. Lawmakers at the National Assembly were paid 15,000 U.S. dollars each as medical allowance last week. The deputy finance minister says the government is working hard to clear past salary arrears. For VOA News, Manyang Mayang reports from Juba.
8: Speaking to reporters in Juba today, John Aganding, chairperson of Parliament's Information Committee, said civil servants have suffered for years as a result of the government's inability to pay salaries on time. Aganding says... The National Legislative Assembly expects the delay in payments to end immediately.
2: We are no more going to accept the delay man more than one month. No, we are not going to accept that. Get it from me and say it, let everybody hear it in South Sudan. We are going to commit ourselves in every 26 days of a month. The salaries will be out.
8: Last week, 650 members of the national legislature received $15,000 each for medical allowances. Several South Sudanese commenting on social media condemned the government's decision to give all national lawmakers $15,000 for medical expenses, saying the payment was exorbitant. They argue the government should first focus on paying the arrears of all civil servants. Despite the public outcry, Aghan argues lawmakers and civil servants have been struggling to pay medical bills and feed their families for years now due to low salaries. We must admit the money that pay to our people, including the army, is
2: really nothing. And it is shameful. It is shameful to pay people who are helping you to run the country to pay them nothing. It is really shameful. So the government committed itself and said, okay, though it is very, still, very big still, let us call for supplementary.
8: Last month, the Transitional National Legislative Assembly passed a £1.4 trillion South Sudanese pounds budget for fiscal year 2022-2023. Again says the budget includes salary structure adjustments based on President Salfakir's order for a one hundred percent increase in pay and an additional twenty percent increase, which was announced later by the finance ministry. Again says the supplementary budget will align salaries of civil servants with the cost of living. With the next coming supplementary budget, we are going to
2: enable a cleaner. To buy a sack of Zura. Should it be 70 or less? If it is 100 in the market, yes, 100. If the, 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 the sack of Zora is that one, that cleaner must get It is a must. Because why? The sack of Zura in the market, the person who is a cleaner, maybe in my office, is a winner to the family. The money that we give to a cleaner must buy something, but buy some food in their house.
8: South Sudan Deputy Finance Minister Agog Makur says the ministry has cleared the salary arrears of all civil servants and is working to pay salaries on a monthly basis. For us as the Minister of Finance, we, we plan, uh, as you know, before
5: uh, there is arrears inside and outside uh, salary. Uh, indeed, uh, we clear uh, most of arrears inside. And uh, as you know, now, even now, we are preparing for uh, this month, uh, October. Uh, Therefore, the Minister of Finance, we need to ensure our people uh, over the South Sudan. We are... Working uh, closely in the of Finance, uh, so as
8: to secure uh, the salary, as a as a mission and as a as the rights of our people. Asked how the supplementary budget will adjust salaries with the cost of living, Makur says the Council of Ministers, the Finance Ministry, and Ministry of Labour are all working on ways to adjust civil servant salaries according to the market. We know the situation facing our people. Uh, because the salary given is uh, not much, thing, not much thing to,
5: uh, to price on market. We know this. And uh, the Council of Ministers uh, discussing this uh, uh, several times, uh, and we discussed the four scenarios to increase the salary of uh, workers over the South. And uh, I need to ensure you, now we're we
8: working together with the Minister of Labor, uh, so just to confirm uh, to give the salary for the neighbours. Marku says the incremental increase in civil servant salaries based on prices in the market will be subject to the amount of revenue South Sudan generates. About 99% of the country's revenues come from the oil sector. For VOA News, Amanyang David Mayor in Juba.
0: A new UN report finds migrants in Libya are subject to systematic human rights violations and abuse to compel them to accept so-called assisted returns to their countries of origin. For VOA News, Lisa Schlein reports from Geneva.
7: Authors of the report say migrants in Libya are trapped in an untenable situation. They say the migrants are forced to choose between returning to the countries they fled because of unsafe or unsustainable conditions or facing continued ill treatment in Libya. The report says migrants frequently are compelled to accept assisted return to escape abusive detention conditions. These, it says, include threats of torture, sexual violence, enforced disappearance, and extortion. UN Human Rights spokeswoman Ravina Shabdasani notes that assisted returns in principle are meant to be voluntary. However, the report finds that in reality, many migrants in Libya are unable to make a truly voluntary decision to return in accordance with international human rights laws and standards. Many of them find they have no choice but to return to the same circumstances that made them leave their countries in the first place. The UN reports roughly 600,000 migrants comprising more than 40 nationalities are in Libya today. Among them are some 43,000 registered refugees and asylum seekers. Since 2015, the U.N. reports more than 60,000 migrants have been repatriated to different countries of origin across Africa and Asia through so-called assisted return programs. Shandassani says most of the migrants come from sub-Saharan Africa, and are exposed to particularly severe treatment in both official and unofficial detention facilities. One of the um, uh, witnesses of a police anti-migrant raid said, if they saw a black person, they would just catch you. They demolished homes, locked people up in jail, They were holding 4,500 black people like dogs. The UN Human Rights Office is calling on Libya and involved states to take immediate steps to address what it calls an indefensible, unconscionable situation. It says Libyan authorities must end all violations and abuses of migrants' rights. It adds other states should provide more protection to migrants trapped in Libya by increasing safe and regular pathways of admission to their territories. Shandasani tells VOA the report was shared with Libya prior to its release. She says no formal response has been received, but UN officials will be reaching out again to offer their support in implementing the report Reports, recommendations. Lisa Schlein for VOA News,
0: Geneva. That's all we prepared for you this Thursday. Don't forget to check out VOAAfrica.com for all your favorite programs and news updates. For world news, go to VOAnews.com. If you miss this broadcast, go to VOAnews.com forward slash South Sudan. We now leave you with Lomerica Jasban and the song Salam. <laughs> We have been listening to L'America Jazz Band and the song Salam. I'm your host, John Tanza in Washington. Thanks for taking time to be with us this evening. Remember to join us again tomorrow for another edition of South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America.